0: Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn Feng Shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning Feng Shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning Feng Shui with me. Hey guys, let's talk about the monthly energies for September. Before jumping right into the energy of September, I wanted to kind of reflect back on August and the activation we did with Tammy Doe and the Lionsgate portal. I really love having somebody else come in and kind of talk about the energies that they're working with and connect the two. I think it's been very effective and I actually had a very good result and my husband did too. He had a very good result with his business for the month. So if you did the activation and you also, you know, maybe you didn't join the meditation, that's okay, but if you did the activation... Um, please let me know. I want to know. There's a a call-in number as well as you can always shoot me an email just on the link below. So let me know how that went. I'm looking forward to having Tammy back on hopefully for October. And if she has any insights to offer for this month, I'll kind of pop in with those and let you guys know. But she won't be joining me like on Zoom or on the phone because she's traveling to Mexico to activate a set of multivite for her birthday. So happy birthday to Tammy and um, I think, you know, when she comes back and she's ready to kind of of share. I'm going to really looking forward to, um, having her talk about her experience as well as some of the energies that we're looking at for October. But for this month, I definitely have an activation for you guys is something I want to continue to do. Um, whether you know, Tammy's able to join some months or not. Um, the activation this month, guys, we'll talk about that during the Feng shui portion. But yes, activations every month, let's do them because they definitely can kind of springboard you and activate a really good energy with your home. And you can get pretty good results from them. All right, guys, jumping into the month now of GU, the Earth Rooster. Can y'all believe it's September? (laughs) The first ditchy cycle is the Jess cycle, which is a 15-day solar cycle of energy, which we have two that govern the month. The first one is called White Dew, and it starts on September 7th, bringing the month in, and it goes through the 22nd. The second cycle is the Qi cycle. It is called Autumn Equinox, of course, and it goes through September 23rd to October 8th, and it corresponds to the Pay and Wheel of the Year, Autumn Equinox, and the Observance of Maybone. One other thing to note is that this month, since we do get the Autumn Equinox, that the 21st, the day before the Autumn Equinox, is known as what is called a Separation Day. So it's a day where it's supposed to be void of energy, Um, And the kind of the explanation that I've heard is that when the seasons change, that um, all the chi from the previous season is like waning and it's declining. And so when the chi from the next season comes in, It's almost like a distorted energy. And so everything is kind of changing. The energies are changing. A lot's happening. And so they always say, do not do any activations or any very important things the day before one of the equinoxes or solstices because the energy is very distorted. So I don't think that you should avoid like, you know, living for the day. But I do say you should avoid doing feng shui activations and, you know, doing important things like setting your bed, you know, important things like that. So I'm 21st. I would avoid doing... Um, feng shui stuff so kind of looking at the energy just in the symbolism of what we're coming into for the month of september so for the month of september on nine nine on september 9th we are getting the harvest moon so the nine um, both in feng shui and just in numerology represents an ending i mean the nine is the end of the cycle right Uh, We're also coming into this period, what is called the period nine, um, which is a period of like fire. It's a period of inspiration and it also represents the divine feminine. So looking at that, I think it really can mark the beginning of, you know, what are you ready to put an end to? Um, You know, kind of looking at some things you're ready to have closure on, maybe some things you're ready to just bring to an end, bring to completion. But remember, when something is concluded or something completes, there's always something new waiting to happen. And so looking at the energy of the moon we're getting, we're getting this harvest moon from the night till the 11th. So it really is a good time to bring old things to a completion and be ready for some new things because the harvest moon is the you know, kind of marks the beginning of that season of farming. So we were going to start farming some of the grains that are ready right now. Um, You know, it's just that time of year. And so kind of think of it as bringing something to completion and being ready to bring in something that you've been trying to manifest so kind of keeping with this analogy of planting and you know reaping and sowing right the energy for this month the month of the gu and the earth rooster i'm kind of looking at how that interacts with each other so again it's like a it's a earth is producing the metal. So we have this earth, since it's the earth rooster, we have the earth on top um, and the rooster itself is the element of metal. So what earth does for metal is kind of like when you dig in your garden and you find rocks, right? You find rocks, you might find some stones, you might find a little bit of metal, you know. Um, Earth literally creates metal ores, you know, we dig, we dig in a mine and we get metal. So um, it's a creation cycle. So Metal is the output of Earth, so looking kind of at the way that interacts, it kind of really tells us that it's this um, cycle of creating, and it also can represent the way you speak and communicate, the way we express ourselves. So I think one of the things we really need to kind of look at this month is expressing some hidden talents. Since metal is buried inside the Earth, maybe it's a talent that you didn't, you know, maybe it's not apparent to people, or maybe. You know, you didn't really, people didn't know you could do this thing. Um, And it's also a lot about communication. So it's a lot about, you know, that soft communication, that expressing yourself, maybe showing your hidden talents, letting them shine a little bit. Do be careful of miscommunication because the animal sign of rooster does tend to get really loud. And sometimes it tends to just, if you think of the way a rooster is, it'll just crow, 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 (laughs) and not really have a purpose for crowing. So, you know, if, especially if you have the animal sign that kind of brings us into the animal sign. So if you have the animal sign of rooster this month, that's one thing you need to watch for right now so looking at the snake and the ogs, when it combines with the rooster um it's going to make the element of metal so just kind of depending on what metal is to you is probably how it's going to kind of affect you this month um one of the things that i do suggest is if you have a lot of metal in your natal chart that you do um, look at some things you know make sure you're healthy um i've experienced a lot of autoimmune issues this year um just because that's kind of the way my chart is anyway. So I have a lot of metal element in my chart. It represents your skin, your, um, your, those like the allergens, um, the immune system and your respiratory system. So if you are having, um, some immune flare ups, like eczema flare ups, allergy flare ups, um, you're going to try and want to look at something that's, um, going to kind of suppress that, um, histamine in your body and also, um, kind of suppress inflammation, especially if you have like eczema and skin issues. So I'm not a doctor, so go see your doctor if you're having some issues. But again, um, or you know, talk to your local herb store. Um, it's helped me a whole lot. So that's kind of my suggestion for you if you're having any issues with the metal element. Also, just be safe and take all your um, all of your supplements because again, COVID's still there, and since it rests. It, represents a respiratory issue or respiratory system it could mean you know maybe you don't feel so well and a little run down you're more susceptible to get sick it's kind of the same with the animal sign of dragons if you have the animal sign of dragon it um, combines with a rooster and does create metal. So advice is kind of the same for the snake and ox. Watch your immune system. Um, remember when you have a combination, it just represents a lot of events happening. So for you, it could be a social events. Um, it represents again, talking communication, networking, and social gatherings. Sometimes it represents a drink, you know, drinking, having a happy time. So, um, you might want to plan some of those events for the month. Again, If you do, make sure you're taking your vitamins because the immune system could be a little bit affected this month. So be safe. And if you're choosing to be a little bit more social. All right. So the presence of the monkey and the dog. So this is a seasonal combination. If you have a monkey and a dog in your natal chart. It combines with the rooster to make what is called a seasonal combination. So it's all three animal signs of the season of fall, which is the monkey, rooster, and then the dog. So if you already have the monkey and dog, guess what? You're getting the rooster this month. So generally when this happens, it makes you a very, like the element very, very strong. So depending on kind of what metal is to you in your chart, it can make your element very, very strong. Um, If you have a like a fire day master, it would be the wealth element. It'd be a really good opportunity for you. So, I'd kind of keep an eye out. Um, Usually, when you have the seasonal combinations, it comes in the form of presenting a lot of opportunity. So, be ready for those opportunities to come. All right, guys. So the clash animal sign for the month is the rabbit. The rabbit directly opposes the animal sign of the rooster so remember clashing energy is not anything to fear um on the days that come in you know if you have a, a day that's a dog day a pig day or a goat day those all combine with you and it actually takes your clash away so you're going to get a lot of these throughout the month and so i always tell people like don't really worry about the monthly clashes it really is a good time for you if you want to start a new health plan if you're going to start exercising you're going to you know, change your diet up, clean your diet up, quit smoking, and it's a really great time to like end toxic relationships. So I always tell people use the clashing energy to take something away. So it just represents an opposing force. So if you use it to take something away and make a change, then, you know, it's it really benefits you very well. take a really short sponsor break if you listen on anchor and we'll come back with the best and worst feng shui sectors as well as that feng shui activation for september All right, well just jumping into the um, activation, so I really like the North for this month. It's my favorite sector. It's probably the best sector of the month. So the Flying Stars now have shifted and the 9 Flying Star will move to the North Palace. So the 9 Flying Star is a Flying Star that is a fire. So it does move to the nor- North which represents water and it, you know, the Flying Star that's there for the year already is a Water Star. However, it's kind of one of those exceptions to the rule. So you might be thinking, you know, fire and water clash. Um, Again, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, you have the rules and you have exceptions to the rules. And that is a combination of 10 and flying stars. Generally, when the multiples add up to a combination of 10, it represents connection. And especially the one and nine star. Um, It's kind of like the sun and the moon, you know. So um, the one star, it represents, of course, water, but just by itself, it represents intuition. So I have people, you know, I've had to explain before that um, the difference between knowledge and intuition. So knowledge is understanding, you know, it's like book smarts, right? You know, kind of what to do. However, intuition is knowing how to apply it and, you know, kind of using like, oh, you know, the extra level of of knowing, you know, you just know when to apply stuff or know when to do something. So if you really want to kick up your intuition, I really highly recommend activating the north, especially if you do stuff like like me, like I'm a content creator, I'm a podcaster. And to me, I want to connect with my audience. So I will be activating the north on this day, you know. So the day for this is going to be September 15th. I picked, Um, there's a lot of other dates on my blog. So if you miss it, um, just go to the monthly energy update on my website and you'll find all the dates there because there's more than one date. I'm just going to say, let's do this on September 15th. Because it's the first date of the month that it's like a really good auspicious date. So we're going to use times you can either do 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. If you don't want to wake up that early, you can do 7 to 9 a.m. And just kind of take note that 3 to 5 a.m. is the animal's sign of tiger. So if you have a monkey, I wouldn't use that time. You know, you don't want to use clashing energy and the um, animal sign from 7 to 9 a.m. is the snake. So if you have the pig, I wouldn't use that time. So you can pick one of those times kind of just based on your natal chart. <clears throat> A portion of the north um, is very beneficial for wealth this year. So again, if you are able to understand where to activate north too, then go ahead and do that. If you don't know how to do any of that and you want to follow along, please talk to me. I do uh, free floor plans. And so I will, you know, kind of portion that out. I'll show you exactly where to activate. So don't be shy. Just message me. I'll I'll show you how to do it. Okay. (laughs) So how you do the activation is you can either place water there. So I would place water. Don't place it on the ground. Place it a little bit higher than ground level, um, So what you want to do is just place water there. If you have an aquarium, if you have something small, like a a basin of water, you can put like a little small fountain pump in there just to keep the water kind of bubbling, moving, and not getting stagnant. Um, The flying stars are activated by movement and collection of chi. So remember if you um, just go ahead and work in the area, like if you have no other option other than to just work in the area, You can do that, and you can also just place a little USB fan. I like to activate with a fan for the area, so just go ahead and do that. And honestly, this is activation you can keep up for the rest of the year. There's some energies there that you can keep activating. So, I mean, you can keep this up as long as you can stand a fan or a water, you know, being in the area. If you do use water, make sure you take the top off because the water needs to be exposed to air and circulate to generate chi. So the first sector I kind of want to point out is the Northeast. So although it was very lucky last month and it does have that number eight wealth star there, you know, if you have activation up, just leave it. Um, and then that's fine. Um, however, you're not going to want to reactivate the area. Like if you didn't activate last month, and you're like, oh, I should activate that Northeast. No, no, no. Just, just leave it alone. Focus on the North. Um, the seven flying star move there. And I mean, generally those are not, you know, seven, eight combination of flying stars isn't one you want to activate. So it's don't, you know. I wouldn't do it this month. So Northwest is another area that it's it's sort of neutral. So the five flying star does move there for the month, but it's a flying star that's associated with earth. And remember the palace is metal. And if we look at that element cycle, we're going to know that um, the metal will break down and control the earth. So I wouldn't really worry so much about that five flying star. I just wouldn't avoid like over activating the space and using it too much. If If you're already there, don't worry about it, but like don't start using it if you haven't been using it the southwest is just generally an area we're trying to keep quiet for the year anyway the flying star number one does move there and although it's fairly you know lucky on its own when it moves to an area that it has that two star it can actually you know kick up some nasty stuff so think of the the way uh rain mixes with mud you know or dirt and it makes mud so it's kind of that same thing as like muddy water you know you're not it's not clear water it's not beneficial and so again it's we're just kind of avoiding the area anyway for the year remember no renovations and um, if you want to add more metal or another saltwater jar there for the month go ahead and do that and just kind of dispose of that saltwater jar at the end of the month um, then you really should be fine again just really I think one of the biggest things is like just kind of avoiding overly activating the area I mean other than that you should be fine And if you are listening to this after the date of the 15th, don't worry about it. If you go look on my blog, which is linked below, my monthly energy updates always include date selection. So if you want other dates to activate, um, they'll be um, highlighted in purple. And you could use any of those dates to activate the sectors that I talked about today. folklore friday comes to us from tandem.net eight things you need to know about the mid-autumn festival This past weekend, San Francisco celebrated, for the first time in two years, their 32nd Moon Festival. So the Mid-Autumn Festival, sometimes known as the Moon Festival, is celebrated to celebrate the mid-autumn moon, obviously. And it doesn't always coincide with the autumnal equinox or the autumn full moon. Um, so number one from tandem.net. Number one, when is the full moon festival? So first off, this festival is ancient, believe it or not, the mid autumn festival has been around for more than a thousand years. It was established as a holiday in the Song Dynasty in about nine sixty. Um, But it's believed that the Mid-Autumn Festival originated from customs worshiping the moon back over 3,000 years ago. So ancient Chinese emperors traditionally used the Mid-Autumn Festival to pray for a harvest, good weather, and peace for the country. Because the harvest was tied to the moon cycle, the festival was meant to take place when the moon was at its fullest. Some rulers took this incredibly serious and uh, one of the empresses loved it so much that she took five days out of her busy schedule every year to stage an elaborate moon worship ritual. Celebrating a little bit early here in the U.S., for the first time in two years, the city of San Francisco was able to hold their mid-autumn festival. So that's pretty exciting. You know, there is a two-year hiatus due to COVID. However, generally, the um, festival will occur right around the full moon it's tried to be celebrated on so number one from tandem.net when was the first mid-autumn festival so first off this is festivals ancient believe it or not the mid-autumn festival has been around for more than a thousand years it was first established as a holiday in the song dynasty around um, 960 to 1279 but it is believed that the mid-autumn festival originated from the custom of worshipping the moon back in the Zhou dynasty over three thousand years ago so ancient chinese emperors traditionally used the mid-autumn festival to pray for harvest good weather and peace for the country And because this harvest was tied to the moon cycle, the festival is meant to take place when the moon is at its fullest. Some rulers took this incredibly seriously and the Empress Dowager um, loved it so much that she took five days out of her busy schedule each year to stage an elaborate moon worship ritual. Number two, who is Chang'e? So you might have heard from your Chinese friends of someone called Chang'e who lives in the moon. Um, I've covered this on the podcast before. So it says here, it might sound a bit crazy, but it's actually one of the biggest myths surrounding the Mid-Autumn Festival. So Chenggi is a famous moon goddess of immortality from Chinese tradition and traditionally offerings were made to her during the moon festival there are actually dozens of different myths about how she came to gaze at the moon one involves Chang'e swallowing some pills belonging to her husband that gave her immortality and the ability to fly because she's immortal she decided to live on the moon there forever alone number three what are the main symbols of the mid-autumn festival so, of course, the moon itself is one of the biggest symbols of the mid-autumn festival. And in some places, people still worship the moon as they did 3,000 years ago. Usually, they put food and fruits on the table towards the moon praying for luck. And the jade rabbit is another symbol that people in China associate with the moon and the festival. So, if you've ever looked at the moon, um, the markings on the moon are said to look at the like a rabbit holding a mortar and pestle. And this rabbit is the companion of Cheng Yi who lives on the moon. Number four, what's a mooncake? Sharing and eating mooncakes is hands down one of the most important ways to celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival. Though in different parts of China, people may celebrate differently, eating mooncakes is one of the most consistent parts of the celebration you'll come across uh, from all all areas. So symbolically, the roundness of the mooncake signifies completion and reunion, particularly in relation to family unity. Often family members will give mooncakes to one another, or they'll cut and distribute pieces off the same mooncake. So what they're actually made of will vary, you know, from different regions. So, for example, in Hong Kong, you can try, try, it says this ice skin mooncake stuffed with red bean paste. But in northern China, it'll be like assorted nuts. And so um, lotus seed paste, nuts, egg custard. So, um, last year I decided to go on a hunt for some mooncakes. My local um, Asian mart had some, and I think they were, they were more of like the lotus and like seed type, um, filling and I think like jujube filling. So they're not super sweet, but they, um, are more dense with like a really dense pasty filling. So, me and my husband went to Singapore in August of 2018, and of course, they're starting to get the Mid Autumn Festival stuff out. And when I was uh, stopping by Starbucks, they had a um, a display of mooncakes you could uh, buy from Starbucks. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> So number five how else do they celebrate the mid-autumn festival so the mid-autumn festival is all about reunion of family members so it's really important to make it back home to celebrate with your family so in chinese literature the moon is highly associated with emotion of missing home so if you you know it says here you can see why the two go hand in hand during the mid-autumn festival and why they have those reunion dinners so besides the infamous moon cakes people also eat each other's um, traditional foods such as apples pears peaches Grapes, pomegranates, and pomelos and are considered lucky in this day of unity. It's regarded as a good day for singletons to find a partner. So dances are usually held for um, the purpose of, you know, finding a partner. So number six, do all Chinese people celebrate the same way? So it says here, just like most traditional festivals, the Mid-Autumn Festival is celebrated differently in different regions. So in some regions, they will um, have like a duck dish made and others, they'll drink a sort of unique beverage that's um, native kind of to that area. And in other regions, they will place a big emphasis on those flying lanterns. So the answer is no, and it varies by region. So number seven, how do countries aside from China celebrate this festival? Some other Asian countries will celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival, including Japan, Korea, Vietnam, Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, and the Philippines. However, the customs do differ from country to country. For example, in South Korea, people call it Thanksgiving Day, and they tend to celebrate by sending gifts to their relatives and friends instead of eating the moon cakes. And people will eat peach-shaped cakes instead. So generally speaking, the festival is really just seen as an opportunity to gather and appreciate the moon. So number eight, I'm going to just send you to the website if you'd like to look over this. It just says, what words and phrases should you know for the festival? But they're all in Chinese and they're Chinese characters, which I admittedly don't read. So um, I'll include a link to that if you'd like to check that out. So it just says, if you happen to be learning Chinese right now, and they've prepared a few phrases for you to learn and impress your Chinese friends with. So um, you can go check that out on their website. For everything I talked about today, visit the link in the show notes, um, including that date selection if you want to activate on different days. Um, also, if you need help with your floor plan and you don't know how to find the area to activate, please shoot me a message. All we need is a, a copy of your floor plan and um, I'll give you a couple of things. that you know, I need to complete that and super easy guys, just uh, shoot me a message.